This is the Command Your Brand podcast, where we talk to world changers, visionaries, and founders, people that are doing big things and changing this planet in a positive way. We're learning their stories, techniques, and exactly what you need to know so that you can do things in a big way. The time is now. Get ready to take command of your brand. Hey, what is up, everybody? Jeremy here. And guys, I'm very excited for the conversation today. We have Daniel Viduya with us today, and he is with Support Zebra. And we're going to be talking about, you know, really being a customer support and service badass. So, Daniel, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Appreciate you having me today. So I want to hear a little bit about you first, man, before we kind of get into, you know, the whole world of support and everything. So tell us a little bit about your story, man. You've lived a very interesting life, which actually has, you know, kind of taken you to work at this company. Yes, it's been a roller coaster for me in a sense that I was born in the Philippines and I lived in many places in the Philippines from the southern region to the northern region. I'm now living in Mexico. I'm an immigrant here, but I have been working. What part of Mexico are you in, by the way? In the place where tequila is being made in Jalisco, so Guadalajara, okay. Jalisco. Yeah, we went to Playa del Carmen. Playa del Carmen. Six, yeah. So six months ago, and now my three-year-old, all she will do is talk about Mexico. So we're actually going back in November. But continue. <laughs> well, I'm happy to have you here. If you're ever passing by Guadalajara, happy to give you a free tour and show you around tequila and some rancho. So your three-year-old can see some pigs and ducks and and cows. Just be careful with the landmines that they set up there. Not talking about Thanks. that landmine, the other one. Okay, great. Going back, um, I've had an interesting life. You know, for over ten or eleven years now, I have been in the call center industry, and I've tried so many lines of businesses from being customer service to sales to finance to doing business development sales you know it's been gumbo for me but eventually i landed myself to be with support zebra and the customer service world again because that's where it all started i started as a call center agent earning around 250 dollars a month um back then as an entry-level agent, and now I am the head of growth for a BPO 11 years from now. And so that journey has been crazy, but I think that I stand where I stand now because I've worked my way up, and I feel like I would like to share what I know about the customer service world to people and to my peers. So so let me ask you this then, like, like I'm weird, right? Like I know a lot of people call customer service and they're like, you know, I they're 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 like angry and you get all this other stuff. Like I don't know, my viewpoint is like nobody's ever going to want to help you if you show up like that. So I was like show up to be like, all right, so the customer service person and I are going to work together to figure this out and like dude, I make friends, they give me free stuff. I mean, it's always a good experience. So I guess like from your viewpoint, like what does good customer service look like? You know, that's a fantastic question. And I love that a question you're asking me should be able to help our audience. And so feel free to ask more questions like this because yeah, sure. I want to be able to share the knowledge with our audience. But to me, the great definition of customer service is not just the relation that you form between you and your customer. It's not just the conversation that takes place, but what defines great customer service is the action that your customers take thereafter. What do I mean by that? You know, sometimes when we service our customers, we want to know how they react. So that could truly tell us how we've done, which is how they 
What's the possibility of them referring their friends, their colleagues, their personal connections to the brand that you represent? Okay, that's, I think, the great definition of what defines great customer service. If you get your customers trust for them to be able to refer more people to your brand internally in a business perspective, that's just free marketing right there. It comes at no cost. But more to that, your lifetime value just shoots up. And so I'm talking about a sales perspective here, but this is because you've provided great customer service. No one would want to come back to you if you've actually provided bad service. And when you notice your customers talking... Well, and you're also kind of creating a PR nightmare in some ways too, right? Exactly. Because, you know, if that goes out online or anything like that, that's a real problem too. Exactly. And so, you know, when you're, when your customers talk to you, you would notice sometimes, like, probably had... A, did you ever have a bad experience with customer service before? Have you ever had that moment where you were just blowing up? Did you ever feel well, that? Well, yeah, because... So I guess, like, to me, like, as well, like, when you're doing customer service, it should be set up in a way to communicate. So, like, I actually change internet providers because of how they handle their customer service. Mm -hmm. If their wait's too long and you call in, the message just says thank you and goodbye and hangs up. That's really frustrating because I can't even talk to anybody. Like, I'd rather just wait on hold than just, like, hang up on me and I can't talk to anybody. You see, <laughs> you, you said that word. You said that word that captured the very essence of my statement. If they could not give you great service or, you know, if they could not even talk to you or communicate with you, that's the thing. Your customers refer to you not as an individual, but as a brand. So as a customer service representative, when your customers are frustrated, yelling at you or whatnot, it's not you that they're yelling at. It's actually the brand. And so you would say, you know, this brand is not accountable for being able to give me great Internet or this brand is accountable for actually changing my phone because it's defective. So that's how your customers talk. They don't see the person, they don't see the individual. They see the brand as a whole. And so brand reputation really comes into play here. Let me ask you this then, Daniel, based on that. I th it's an excellent point because I don't think, number one, businesses consider a lot of that. But I think as well, like, to me, and once again, you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, I feel like in customer service, like, actually having a real human there to communicate and talk to is like really, really important. And I guess like from your perspective, like, how important is it to have, you know, that type of connection? And I guess, you know, what is the kind of the best way to work that? You know, having a human connection is, is just one step. But I think that what really creates a genuine connection is when you truly feel for your customer and when you know that what you're doing is not just simply for a paycheck but it's actually as a human being and karma. How would I say this? They're paid. That's a reality. We can't change that. They're paid to do their job. But if you, as a human being, if say, for example, if I was taking the calls and I was just being paid to, to do that, you know, I could just continue to have this facade and say that, look, I apologize that you're experiencing this, but deep inside me, I really don't get, you know, I don't care. That actually goes right back at you. It does. Yeah. It happened to me because at some point before I was like that, I was cut and dry. Let me ask you this then. What was the change for you? What made you look at it differently? Because when I was in their position here in Mexico, when I was looking for help to have my phone line fixed, to have my service fixed, and when I got myself a cut and dry service, that hit me like karma. I was like, oh, that was exactly me. And now I'm experiencing that. So imagine how your customers feel and they know when you're cut and dry. They know when you're not being authentic. 
So that's what changed the entire perspective, you know? That's what changed the entire perspective where I feel it is important that when you create a genuine experience, it is because you know as a human being that you will someday and eventually be in their shoes one way or another, and you don't want that to happen to you. So that's how I think you create authentic experiences. Building a great culture that creates awareness on how you should be treating people no matter what. And number two is building a great culture by taking care of the people who take care of your customers. Yep. I think those two things are just important. And when you address those two things, you just learn how to pay it forward. Let me ask you this, Daniel, because I think, and, and that's an excellent point, but I, I think one of the most difficult things as well, like, because, you know, I've been on both sides of this, like, I've done service, I've also been the person calling, so, you know, I'm in a similar position to, to what you're talking about. And sometimes, like, you'll see, like, people bring kind of their their own, like, day or activities or life to that conversation that may actually have nothing to do with that conversation, right? So you may get somebody that's really upset, but it doesn't quite match up what they're upset about, right? Like it happens, right? You're going to have somebody that's upset because, you know, their dog pissed on their couch and it has nothing to do with, with you talking to them. So there's a lot of different situations where you can deal with when somebody's upset. And I guess from your perspective, how do you handle a situation like that so that everybody's happy in the end. I know it's not going to be, it's not going to work 100% of the time, but yeah. how do you handle a customer that you know, may be upset with the service? They may just had a bad day, man. But like, how do you handle that to a way where everybody can walk away happily? Yes. First off, my dog did pee in my duvet and that really got me. I, I only said that because we have a puppy, we have a, pu we have a puppy right now and he, he keeps peeing the floor, man. I'm get, it's getting better, but like that was where my head was. <laughs> Conditioning. But going back, there is a method. It is what you call low rest AC. Which basically means you have to lower the resistance and acknowledge your customer, low rest AC. When your customer is upset about an issue, everything around them is simply magnified. So everything that goes wrong around them is just magnified and they bring that to the table. That's the thing that happens with your customers. Now, this does not work 100% of the time, but when you do perform a low rest AC, you allow your customers to vent out, yet acknowledge them, but at the same time, rope them in back to the concern so that they can get a resolution. Example, Jeremy, your puppy peed on the floor. Wow, that must be awful for you, but you know what? I know how it feels, and eventually we're going to knock this down by helping you resolve the concern that you have today so that your frustrations will just become less. I can say it that way. I can be truly honest. Or I can say, look, I'm sorry to hear that you put me pleading on your floor. It really happens, but it will get better. Allow me to help you take a look at your bill here. Let's see what we can do about resolving these unknown charges. You see, yeah. you acknowledge them, but you also slowly bring them back to the to the main issue sometimes yeah. they're really not talking about other issues but they're really simply upset about an issue just be honest about it because as a human being it really happens look i know that you're upset about your bill you want to speak to a supervisor but i could tell you right now that i've seen your bill and i know that i could help you give me five to ten minutes to help you with this now if i don't resolve this i'll get you my supervisor so you see mm -hmm. being honest and just being authentic and acknowledging the situation will rope them back in you know, so that's really interesting. I've never had a customer service representative say that to me, like, just give me five minutes and then I'll get you the supervisor. That's actually really, really good, right? Because you're setting expectations. And I think a lot of times if you can set expectations, like, it's a lot easier to handle situations, man, no matter what you're talking about. Exactly. Because think of it this way, you know, at the end of the day, 
you if you know what you're capable of and you feel that you could resolve this in five to ten minutes, then give them that give them that challenge. Because mm-hmm. Prince speaking by principle, when you go look for a supervisor, they're gonna end up waiting for that long anyways. And so why not take the time to really you resolve it? You mean not get a call back to like the next day or something like that, right? And sometimes the callback really never happens. We know that, right? We've seen that style before. So why oh, dude, do you even I had waste that happen with I had that happen with Chase Manhattan Bank. They're like, we'll get a supervisor. The supervisor called me 90 days later. And they're like, I'm returning your call. I'm like, for what? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, you know, so Daniel, let, let, me, yeah. let me ask you this then, because what Support Zebra does is they actually help companies to provide great support. Yes. Um, and I know a lot of companies, you know, they're growing fast and it can be a bear to put that team together yourself. So I guess when you're looking at working with the right team or choosing the right team, like what things should a company be considering? Here are some of the things that a company should be considering if they decide to build their own customer service. Number one, they have to have the proper overhead, meaning that when you set up a customer service team, you just can't expect that they're able to produce results on their own. By having overhead, your frontliners will be able to receive the support they need. Your customers might receive the service that they need in terms of escalation. And finally, you don't have to micromanage by having the proper overhead. So we're talking about team leaders, operations managers, and at least quality and training at the very bare minimum. That's number one. Number two is that when you set up your team, you have to make sure that you are ready to hire the right talent by coordinating this with your recruitment team. Setting up your customer service team requires careful assessment, which, you know, which is not just done by you on your own. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. By doing that yourself, you might be exposing yourself to a risk that you don't know if, if you're hiring the right person or not. And we've seen that yeah. happen. You know, some founders or CEOs or business owners have hired the wrong people. And in the end, it turned out to be a regrettable decision. So you have to trust that with an expert. I, I'm knows laughing because I've done that on several occasions, but yeah. <laughs> we learn, we learn, you know, it's something yes. that we're not supposed to be ashamed about. We learn, you know, and I've done that myself to Jeremy. I've hired the wrong SDR or the wrong customer success manager and it, and it backfired on me. You know, I did not trust my recruitment team enough. And so that's why I said, you know what, you guys do this from now on. I'm just going to go ahead and, and trust that he, you could get the right people. And finally, when you set up your customer service team, you have to make sure that you have your end-to-end process. You have a playbook, meaning that if you don't have a playbook set up, it's going to be hard to keep track of processes and hold people accountable if you don't have workflows, manuals, and documented processes that could really help you have that one source of truth and define standards. Let me ask you this, because I think one of the things that I think a lot of founders of growing companies struggle with And maybe one of the things they're not thinking of as well. Well, there's two things. The first being like, can I afford to outsource, right? Like, is it going to be really expensive, right? Because call centers can be expensive. They can't be expensive, like whatever is one part of it. So I guess let's stop there before I give you the second part of the question. But like, what about people that are like, can I afford this? Like, what would you tell them about like looking at outsourcing? That's a great question. My direct answer to that is yes, they could afford it. It is a matter of choosing the right service partner that could tell you if you could afford this or not. And many a times, Jeremy, I've spoken to many businesses that could tell me this is too expensive or this is just not my requirement. In my spirit, in my personal spirit, I actually refer them to other vendors that I think that they might be able to afford. I am really open to that because I know that there are some service partners that do exist that are really with someone's budget. Finding the right service partner is just like finding the right apartment. 
You know, some people like this apartment that is a little expensive, but it's nice. Some people don't. And some people would actually like a cheaper apartment, but they don't. It, it just happens. It's the same when it comes to businesses finding a an outsourcer, you know. It's just like finding a perfect apartment. So my answer is yes, there are many options for them. They just have to look. And if they feel like they have problems looking for the right partner, they could come to me. And I'm saying this not in a selfish manner. I'm saying this so that I will really help them find that right partner. Maybe support Zebra, maybe some someone else. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is being able to help them. Let me ask you this, and this comes from me being in the situation. So one of the concerns that I, so we, we have a company that answers our phones for us as an answering service. Initially, I was kind of like worried and it's been great. Like we've actually been happy mm-hmm. with it and they've handled it and they handled like all of our extensions and stuff <clears throat> like that. But one of the concerns for, I think a lot of business owners is like fear of the unknown. Will they do things the way I want them done? Will they handle them the right way? Like when you're looking at like kind of mm. you know, a standard process of like how that works, like what would you tell a founder that's like, well, is stuff going to be handled the way I want it handled? Is it going to feel like it's my company? Like how does that work? Two things here. Number one is communication and standard, you know, communication of standardized processes. When you work with a service partner, with an outsourcer, with a BPO or a call center, it is very important that you communicate with their training department, with their quality and operations, that you have a defined set of standards that you want to execute. By communicating that, you're able to document and create processes for them that would allow them to follow what you want to a T. But speaking to a T and leading to my second point, as a founder, I always challenge their interferes in intellectual thinking by telling them, but now you are growing. Some things that you want to execute in the way that you want might not happen. You have to learn how to trust the people you hire, maybe through an outsourcing company or internally, there will some things that will not just go your way, but it does not mean that it will not work. There will be some things that the way that other people will do it will still turn out to be wonderful. Like if you're making a cake and you want to make this in a traditional way, that's you. But I can make the same product. I just have my own methodologies. When you want to grow your brand, I challenge you to trust the people that you hire that will turn give the same results. And it just may, done, may be done differently. But if you want this done in a tea, I'll go ahead and give you that. Let's standardize and document this process. I would like to encourage you to think about it, sit on it, and see how you could actually help grow yourself and free yourself from that doubt and fear and trust the people. Well, I will tell you, man, like that's great advice for anywhere in your business because like, you know, what we've done in our company is we've standardized every single position in our company. We're kind of like neurotic about it, actually. Like, you know, every job, like the first job that was created in our company is like the publicist position. And I created it when I started the job back in 2015. It's 47 pages, but it gets done exactly like I want it done. And every question you could ever have is answered. Standardizing is so important. And I don't care what area your company is, man. That's that's a great point. So for people listening, man, if they want to connect with you, if they want to find out more about Support Zebra, where should they go? 
I'm in LinkedIn, so you can just find me, Daniel Viduya. Also, I have my phone number, which I'm happy to give publicly. It's 281-845-6064. Happy to answer any questions they have about building their customer service teams, um, setting up what they need, answering any general questions. And like what I told you again, Jeremy, I will not take those calls or those inquiries with a very selfish perspective of just trying to sell. So that's not how I roll. I could attest and promise and say, therefore, and with oath here in this podcast, that I have helped many businesses with by by referring them to the right service partner or brand that they are looking for. And I will continue to do that. I will not want to sell support Zebra if you don't need support Zebra. I will never do that. I think that as a salesperson, it is important that apart from just selling, you actually have to learn how to help and pay it forward. Very cool. Well, Daniel Vaduya, Support Zebra, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. Have yourself a fantastic day ahead.